Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, there'll be no drinking on tonight's show. Our one paper cup finally ripped. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my house in uh, lovely Huntersville, North Carolina. Yep, yep, home Huntersville. All right, so... Uh, just a reminder, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are to listen to this fine show. So if you're underage, turn it off now. Okay. And this show is way pre-recorded. Uh, this is actually Thursday morning, and a lot of stuff is brewing at the Chicago Pipe Show already, and I am not there. I, uh, just, just to remind you... Uh, went to by the time this show comes out i will have gone to my son's graduation and then flown to chicago on saturday uh with family and friends and everything and kevin's travel this week uh we decided to pre-record this one way out so you'll hear shane and i talk we uh recorded this almost a week ago at this point and that brings me to my uh co-host tonight is shane ireland and shane's going to talk about uh, his trip to denmark where he went for uh, just over two weeks, and we've got some uh, got some exciting little sound clips from that. So, all that coming up on uh, tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And just a reminder: if you get a chance, we would appreciate a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, if you're not on iTunes, all you have to do is go register and then like the show or do whatever and uh, leave us a rating or review. That would be wonderful. And New shows of the Pipes Magazine radio show come out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when they're posted. Tell all your friends, tell all your enemies, keep sharing the word, and uh, spread around the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, enough rambling on. Uh, Next week, I promise you'll get my trip report from, uh, or the week after, you'll get my trip report from the Chicago Pipe Show. So we've got Shane coming up. We've got music, a uh, brief mailbag, and a rant, all that for you tonight. So, everybody, sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. All right, here we go on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, Shane Ireland, co-host extraordinaire, welcome back to the show. It's been a... Well, it's been, what, seven, eight weeks since you've been on, and when we last talked, you were leaving for Denmark. We're going to talk a lot about that coming up, but this is literally right before you leave for the Chicago Pipe show that we're doing this. So. I know. I'm always leaving somewhere, right? Like, that's just... Yeah, you're, no, you're, <laughs> it's perpetual. Yeah, we, we catch you at the airport while you're waiting for the smokingpipes.com private jet, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be nice. I I think it is nice of you guys to allow Delta to advertise on the side of your smokingpipes.com jet though. Oh, I know. I know. I would be curious to know just how much of their revenue last year came from smokingpipes.com. Um, yeah, well, enough they've got flights going to Myrtle Beach in the middle of the winter cuz nobody else is. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe Sykes worked that out on his own. Yeah. All right, Shane, uh, first of all, welcome back. How are, how are you, and what are you smoking tonight? Um, I am doing very well. Glad to be back. Uh, Denmark was awesome. Getting ready for Chicago, which is always exciting. I am smoking a Cornelius Mann's pipe. Uh, it's a pipe that I picked up last year in Chicago, actually, um, and it's serving me very well. Uh, and I am smoking um, a, oh gosh, a 10-year-old bowl, well, tin, uh, a bowl from a 10-year-old tin of uh, Capstan Brown. Capstan um, which, Brown? Yeah, which has been out of production for at least ten years. Um, I think that it was uh, it was available in Scandinavia longer than the rest of the world, um, and that's where I found this tin. I found it from a from a collector uh, uh, who was attending the Copenhagen Pipe Show, and I couldn't pass it up. Uh, and I'm glad I got it. I'm only sad that I can't get much more of it, if any. Uh, it's fantastic. It's definitely the strongest of the three Capstan blends, um, and uh, it's got a lot of burly character. I don't know if there's dark fired in there or if it's just some nice stronger dark burlies um uh it's got a lot of sweetness still especially with the age but uh packs packs quite a punch and has a really nice interesting hearty spicy kind of flavor uh but it's different from like a virginia perique kind of thing yeah i don't think i've ever actually heard of it so that's you know kind of got my uh got my interest there when you said capstan brown I was like, yellow and blue is all i know yeah, yeah, and the brown, like I said, I'm not even sure if it was ever available in the U.S., um, but in the European market, it was available in a couple of countries uh, even after the production moved uh, from England to Denmark. Um, you know what? I have a few I have a few flakes left. I'll make sure I have one uh, when I see you next Saturday. Yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, because I'm intrigued. I wonder if it's similar to like the Orlick Brown flake that they did for a while, or something else it, that was. It, it is not. That, see that that was my initial thought too, because I thought, okay, you know, Orlick Brown flake could have either been inspired by Capstan Brown or a match or something like that. Completely different. The Capstan Brown is much stronger, much more spicy. Uh, it does not have the honey and citrus kind of uh, top note. Uh, that, that the Orlick stuff did. Um, yeah, it's not at all the same. And really, I couldn't compare it to anything else that's on the market right now. Um, it's just, it's it's a really interesting product. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. Well, anyway, so for me, because my Chicago Pipe Show trip is kind of truncated, was truncated this year. And again, this is, we're recording this before we both leave for Chicago and it'll be played right after we both get back from Chicago. Um, but it, it works out as a benefit because of all the family stuff going on here that weekend, too. Oh, sure. Um, I started trolling eBay because I was like, you know, darn it. I have usually have this budget in mind of what I'm going to spend at the Chicago Pipe Show. And usually in the past, I would have done all of my... Uh, you know, I had to work a table or had responsibilities on Saturday and Sunday and a little bit on Friday. So usually my pipe show was kind of like, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night in the rooms and then Friday morning at the pre-show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this year I'm missing all of that completely and I'm not regretful about it. But I, so I started trolling around on eBay to see what was going on and I found a... Jody Davis sandblasted pipe that is just a, it kind of reminds me a lot of a Sassini Dublin that I had a while back that I regret that I don't have anymore. Um, but then it also had some issues with it. That was the reason I didn't want it anymore. 
Um, but it's just that quintessential six inch long group three and a half group four size. It's like Jody did a variation of an English, you know, 1950s, 1940s era English uh, sandblasted Dublin. And that is that that sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing that pipe. And it's interesting that you mentioned that just because I was recently having a conversation uh, uh, with Tom, actually, um, with Tom Eltang about how the straight Dublin doesn't get a lot of play anymore. Um, you know, we see bent Dublins all over the place and bent Dublin variations that are like borderline horns, you know, kind of yeah. all over the place in modern high grade pipe making and even modern pipe making in general. But the Dublin is just not a shape that you see a ton of. And I really appreciate it. And I always have. This pipe looks like it would have been perfectly comfortable on the set of Mad Men. Really? <laughs> I mean, it, it's got a little silver band and the and the proportions are almost identical to what would have been made in a factory back then. Uh, and it weighs, I think the eBay seller said that it weighs 32 grams. Oh man, that's like a Shane size pipe. Um, yeah, except it's too long for you. It's, it's almost six inches long. So <laughs> it'd be like a Shane Magnum. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's got that lightweight, you know, that's the, that's the key. Yeah. So I'm, I'm smoking that and, uh, and I might be finishing off a uh, tin of Acadian ribbon from uh, 2006. I know that shocks the hell out of everybody that I might be smoking some Acadian ribbon from 2006. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, typical Friday. Yeah, typical Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. I think any day that ends in Y is a good day for Acadian ribbon. <laughs> Um, however, in the past week and a half, I have actually forced myself to smoke some other stuff, including, uh, as we're recording this tonight and tomorrow, I'm going to get ready to review some stuff that's been on the review request list. And, uh, if Shane looks in my smokingpipes.com customer profile, he'd be able to see exactly what those tobaccos are because I just bought them this week. So we'll interesting, see. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to know, I thought, I thought you weren't allowed to place orders without my consent. Um, yeah, no, dear. I can buy whatever <laughs> I want, whenever I want. There's this whole thing called free market economy. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I can see your choices. <laughs> and you know, what's funny. I just reviewed one of those two this week. Well, that's probably because it just came back into stock again. Yes. And we're very excited about that. Yeah, so we won't talk about Presbyterian until I review it. Well, I would have already reviewed it by now on the show, so ha. We can talk about Presbyterian because that's the first one up, and that would have played on last week's Pipes Magazine radio show. Oh, and, nice. And now that we've now that we're time hop jumping in days and weeks and time zone jumping, uh let's take a break and then when we come back we'll talk about you jumping over to Europe. So uh stay with us, we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with Whole Leaf Red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe 
to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evenings so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. And Shane and I are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. We're pretty sure we're on the planet Earth, but what part of the continent we're on or what day or month it is, well, who knows. Uh, anyway, so Shane, last time we talked to you, you were getting ready to go to Denmark for the Danish National Pipe Smoking Competition or something. So uh, remind us what it was and when you went and how long you were there and all that stuff. Oh, sure, sure. So I'm in Denmark a couple times a year. Uh, and uh, for the past, I guess this would be my fourth or third year. I can't remember if it's my third or fourth year uh, that I've been going in the spring because uh, in the end of March every year is the Danish National Pipe Smoking Championship. And uh, that coincides, of course, with the Copenhagen Pipe Show. Uh, so it's just a nice it's a nice time. And, the, you know, everybody uh, from all, you know, three of the islands or whatever, or uh, from Jutland, Fjun and uh, Zealand, they all come down to Copenhagen and go to the show. And uh, it's a nice excuse for all of us to get together on a Sunday before I start heading out on the road and visiting everybody's shops, you know, uh, 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 one by one. And I was there for... I think I was there for like 17 days this time. Oh my God. You, did you have to pay taxes and get residency? <laughs> no, because I just kept driving, uh, you know, from uh, place to place. And, you know, I, I, I didn't put down roots. I just stayed just <laughs> long enough in each, uh, each of the main areas. So was it uh, 17 days and 15 hotels and or 15 different beds? You know, not really. Um, I, I usually stay in one place for each of the three, uh, uh, each of the three areas of the country that I visit. So, you know, most of the time I spend on Zealand, which is where Copenhagen is. Uh, so I stay north of the city in Copenhagen, and then from there, I mean, your furthest point out before you get to the other island is probably still less than two hours of a drive. So yeah. most of the pipe makers that I visit in that area are within about an hour of my hotel. So that's nice because I can just stay put in one place. Yeah, I mean, if you drive east to west in Denmark, you, you you can only go four hours, and then you're in water. Well, I mean, yeah, from the furthest point north on Zealand to the furthest point north on Jutland, I mean, it's like five hours drive. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when I used to drive to the West Coast Pipe Show from San Diego. Yeah, way, 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 way. What I mean, what's the is the purpose of your trip to go there and? And uh, and hang out and drink Danish beer and smoke with all the Danish pipe makers, or do you actually have real business there? Well, I was going to say you're you're describing the fringe benefits, not the purpose. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, no, the purpose is acquisition. Uh, I, you know, in addition to being smoking pipes director, uh, I'm still responsible for uh, the majority of the pipe purchasing that happens for the website. Uh, so yeah, it's to you know go go to the factory firsthand and see what the guys are working on, uh, and pick out some stuff and commission some other stuff and all that good. All, all you know, that's that's the main purpose of the trip for sure. So there is real work involved in between all the herring and schnapps and the smoking. 
Yes, I promise to our listeners that I'm actually working when I'm there. But the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, it goes back to, uh, you know, staying in the same hotel the entire time that I'm in the Copenhagen area. Uh, Strategically, that hotel is very close, like stone's throw to Tom Elting's workshop. (laughs) Um, So in addition to having a amazing workshop that people come from all over the world to take advantage of and learn from and all that, uh, you know, Tom has a very comfortable workshop with great Wi-Fi and really good coffee. Uh, So instead of, you know, sitting in a Starbucks or the hotel lobby when I have to get some some real work done in the evenings, uh, I, I always just set up camp at Tom's shop and it's great because you know he he's working he's a madman he works all hours of the day all hours of the night uh so you know we might take a coffee break for a while and then at one in the morning he might just say oh, i'm gonna shape a couple of nice pipes right now and dig into his good briar and start doing some freehand stuff and it, it's it's always a surprise it's always fun and i've learned a lot from spending uh time in Tom's shop in <laughs> fact I've spent a lot of time in a lot of pipe workshops, and uh, I, I have definitely spent put the most hours in uh, with Tom for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that Tom doesn't operate on a uh, on banker's hours. No, not at all. But that's the thing is you would you, like when you know how late he works into the evening, you would assume that he was rolling into the workshop at four or five o'clock at night. But at five o'clock at night, he takes a dinner break and goes back home. And, uh, you know, heads back to the workshop at eight, but at five o'clock, he's probably already been there for six or seven hours. <laughs> yes. So it, so it does, it does take some time. Um, uh, before we <laughs> talk more about Tom, just talk us through the, uh, the, the Danish pipe smoking championship and give us just your, your bird's eye view of it. Um, it's really interesting, and I've heard this from a lot of the guys that have been going for longer than me, you know, decades in some cases, uh, that at the at the height of the Danish Pipe Smoking Championship, I mean, there would be – it would be a similar size show to like Chicago almost. Um, it would be, you know, in a much larger building, tons of tables. The amount of people entering the pipe smoking contest itself would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Um, really, really impressive. And then, of course, you know, over the years, that sort of dwindled a little bit. But over the past few years, it's – on the rise again. So you got a lot more young people coming to this. Um, I think every year that I've been there, there's been some sort of newspaper or journalist or blog or something uh, that has been there to interview uh, you know, people. And I, I've been interviewed a couple of times as as the sole American retailer that's there for some reason. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of younger guys coming out. Uh, uh, the, the pipe smoking contest itself uh, is still going strong. Um, you got a lot of people selling estates, a lot of people coming from all over. Um, uh, all over the world to exhibit, and of course uh, the Danish pipe shop. Uh, Nikolai at the Danish pipe shop um, it always has a table and and does a lot for the show as well. Um, so I can see that it's growing there, and it's really interesting because again the pipe smoking culture in Denmark is really really ingrained in them even still. Um, I mean it's the only place that I go in the entire world where more than once in a few days I'll be driving down the street and see a complete stranger just walking with a pipe sticking out of his mouth. Yeah. Like how how often do you see that anymore? And Copenhagen is one of the only places that I go to and I go to pipe places exclusively. <laughs> and 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 that's the only place where I still see random guys walking down the street smoking a pipe. Um so uh I think, you know, no matter what happens with cigarettes or any of that kind of stuff, uh, pipe smoking is always going to have a place there. And, and the people who are, who are loyal to it are extremely loyal to it and extremely involved and active in the community. And that's just really good to see. Do you have to be a Danish national in order to enter the competition? 
Oh no, not at all. There's a there's a Russian team. There's a uh, there was an American team the first year I was there, and I don't know if they were back this year or not. I didn't see those guys, uh, and no, I did not join because at that time I had yet to participate in a slow smoking competition <laughs> ever. Um, uh, I have competed in the last two Peter the Great Cups in Saint Petersburg, Russia, uh, and and not done well because I'm not as good as any of those guys. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, there's teams from all over. Uh, it's not just the Danes. Wow. All right, so it sounds like a good time. Sounds like it's something that if we happen to be in Denmark in the, what usually the end of March, is it? Yeah, yeah, like the third, third, fourth week of March. Yeah, just about when the weather's getting to the point when it where it's bearable to be outside. Uh, <laughs> you know, then it'd be a great thing to do. And uh, and from what I understand, you can also it, it's a it, it's got a limited amount of tent space. And you can smoke in the tent. Uh, there's no tent. It's actually in oh. a building. And yeah, we smoke in the building. Wow. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. So let's let's go back because you brought us back some audio of your time with some of the pipe makers. Oh and yes. And today we're going to talk about uh, the the one and only Tom Elting, who you know I had him on the show once and. That, you know, with Tom, once is never enough. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. Because the stories and the opinions and the ideas and the thoughts out of his head. But uh, so you brought us back a couple of clips. Why don't you uh, tell us what what are we going to hear in this first one and, and what was and what was going through your mind? So uh, there was a couple things I wanted to cover with Tom, and one of the most important ones, um, actually, the day before the national, the Danish National uh, Pipe Smoking Championship, um, the Danish pipe shop held a reception for everybody that was in town, uh, which is something that Nikolai does every year. And at that reception, Tom debuted uh, his latest uh, uh, creation, which is a 17-pipe set. Uh, it's a 17-pipe set, and all 17 of the pipes are graded M. Uh, so a lot of people know that Tom grades his his best work with a snail grade. Uh, well, his very pinnacle, the best of the best, uh, is stamped with a snail grade and with a letter M on it for Masterpiece. So to have 17 of the Masterpiece pipes in one set, uh, it, that takes years and years and years of stocking up briar and setting aside bowls and all that kind of stuff. Um, beyond that, uh, it, it is just the most striking, most beautiful pipe set I've ever seen. The presentation is amazing. The box is handmade from wood. Even the hinges, the lock is handmade from wood. Everything. There's an inlay on it. It has Tom's logo in the middle. Uh, fantastic craftsmanship all around. Uh, it is even encased in a gigantic leather bag with handles for the person who buys this that wants to, I don't know, bring it to their pipe club meeting. Um, it, it, fantastic. Just amazing, amazing, beautiful set. And this is the... Oh, I think it's the fourth large pipe set that Tom has done, and he blew it out of the water this time. So I wanted to get with him and ask him about the previous sets and just his whole philosophy and idea uh, behind you know, pairing a group of pipes to a concept and an idea and having the presentation be more than simply a nice box. Um, so in this case, it was a fantastic box. Before, it was a fantastic pipe stand. Uh, he's done like this sort of... Uh, uh, everything from Tom is thought down to the smallest detail. You know, he, he pours over all that stuff and he takes his time and none of these have ever been commissions either. They're all projects that he's pursued on his own, uh, just to kind of like flex his muscles, you know, and, and, and present something to the pipe community and the pipe world that 
really makes all of us just kind of gawk and and <laughs> awe, you know. And and he's done it four times now, and this is by far the most ambitious and the most striking. And here is uh, Tom in his own words. Uh, first time I went to Chicago, I started bringing a seven-day set. Uh, what year was that? That was 2001. 2001. Uh, that came on pretty well, and then I made a... An, Set number two, I think, four years later or something like that. And then I had a long break until I made the Ivory Pipe uh, three or four years ago. Yeah. And and since then, I've been working on a bigger project. And uh, it, we released that uh, last Saturday and uh, it, it came on good, uh, I have to say. It's also, if I have to say it myself, a fantastic piece of... Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Of, of pipe craft. Let's let's come back to the newest set and just give people who haven't heard uh, just a quick little overview of, of the first one and and so forth. So the first one was was that your first seven day set? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always had the old Dunhill catalog and and there was a seven day set in there and I thought okay, if that's if, pretty cool. <laughs> if I'm going to America, I have to bring something special and uh, yeah. And I worked with that with a very talented guy for the box, but. Uh, and he also did the, the box for the second set, but the last two sets I've been working with a new guy, and yeah. and he is he's not just good, he's extremely good. So uh, yeah, it's it's the whole thing. Uh, all the it's just there's actually sixteen or seventeen pipes in in the in the set. Sixteen uh, pipes, uh, full size, full size, and then uh, in my logo there's a little. Uh, miniature pipe a miniature version of the of the l tang logo pipe yes so uh the even from the first set it it it, it, i you know we can have some pictures here too uh but basically uh your philosophy has always been that it can't just be a box with pipes in it every one of them has had sort of a concept and that's always a concept otherwise uh and and they're not never sold in advance yeah. So, uh, so it's it's something I make to to challenge myself, and, and so none uh, of them have been commissions. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it's uh, it's always a long process. The the last set here, for years, I when I found a really good piece of wood, you know, you always think, oh, this is going to be for <laughs> something really really special. Yeah. And then you just put them in a box or in a basket and. Uh, and if if you don't have something like uh, the the set here, uh, where you can say, okay, now I'll go for all the good blocks, then yeah. uh, you you kind of just they kind of just stay there for a rainy day, and, yeah, and yeah. that rainy day often never comes, and then they they just lay around. So I decided just to dig into my Chester 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 <laughs> the treasure, treasure chest chest the treasure chest and. and take out all the super blocks and, and, and make a lot of the shapes uh, that I've where I had a little say in the business uh, yeah, for, yeah. for the last many years so uh, bump the damn thing uh, so for the most recent set then there are 17 pipes in total with 16 full size pipes and then the mini logo pipe uh, among among the 16 what kind of what kind of shapes did you choose well, there's a tsunami and an Eskimo, uh, the Scandinavian pipe, local pipe, yeah. uh, an Oscar. Uh, the poker is in the there, of course. The poker is in there, uh, a big version of my local pipe. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> a big calabash with mammoth oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, top yeah, yeah. and uh, a classic speak, gold speaker. And uh, there's some pretty cool pipes in there. It's a lot uh, of Beltang in uh, in uh, one box. Two nice volcanoes and uh, and a white horn, you know. And uh, you know, there, there's some very nice pipes in there. And we will take time to digest that with this commercial break. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com and we are back on the pipes magazine radio show shane and i or i and shane um i and shane sounds a little weird um anyway it's like you're trying it's like you're trying to be formal but you don't know how yeah it's kind of like the adult dr seuss (laughs) um which he smoked a pipe so that would be only proper Um, and he was a san diegan well, you know, German for whale's vagina. <laughs> uh, um, uh, anyway, well, uh, so it, it's interesting. You know, when when I had Tom on the show a couple of years ago, I remember Tom saying that, you know, that he would take, you know, yeah, he could make pipes and make pipes all day long and make, you know, make pokers and classic shapes and traditional stuff that sells all day long. But he has to take the time to have fun and and he'll and he'll stop that and he'll he'll sit and do these creative things just to see one if he can and two uh just to just to kind of refresh himself a little bit oh totally and i also think that tom has always been interested possibly primarily interested in pushing the craft forward um you know he's taught so many people and he's welcomed so many people not only to come to his shop but to literally stay in his shop he has the hotel uh in in you know basically in in the next room over from where all the machinery is and tons of pipe makers have gone on exodus to tom eltings uh you know to learn and he's he's never uh, never been shy about about giving out all of his secrets to everybody. You know, really, I've seen it so many times. And that's the thing is doing a set like this, um, first of all, you know, it's it's full of all of his most recognizable shapes. And there's a lot of completely original designs uh, uh, that, that Tom has uh, contributed to the sort of, you know, pipe shape pantheon. Uh, and, and basically... 
when we were there that evening, uh, we had a conversation before we turned on the mic that sort of led into this conversation where we were arguing about, uh, you know, is is pipe making artistry? Um, and I think that there's no right and wrong uh, answer to that question. But I do I do love Tom's take on it. And it really has changed my way of thinking because I've always leaned a little bit more to that side as well as like, yes, there's a fundamental difference between um, – something that serves a purpose, like it has a function, and then something that is purely made for aesthetic reasons. And pipes can be extremely beautiful. They can be extremely expressive and artistic and sculptural. However, they are still designed to consume tobacco. Whether the person who owns that pipe chooses to do that or not, that is their purpose. Um, so it's the same way that like, and and, and I think it's I think it's inherently Scandinavian as well. I mean, you, you look at so many uh, so many of the the famous designers um, from Denmark and Sweden who who I know that Tom idolizes as well. Uh, and they took the most simple objects, a pitcher, a chair, a lamp, and and really tried to make them as beautiful as possible. Uh, and and I think that is that is a really interesting concept, and it's something that we as collectors and we as smokers should should be in touch with and should recognize. Yeah, and you know, so while everybody's on their pilgrimages to Mecca, Bethlehem, Disneyland, you know, Tom's workshop, uh, yeah. Yeah, probably not in that order, um, for me. But yeah. um, <laughs> can't speak for others. Uh, you know, it 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 is true that I've seen some. I I've seen and owned some pipes that I thought were exceedingly pretty, but if they didn't smoke well, it didn't it it didn't really work for me. Exactly. Um, but if it if a pipe smokes really well, I don't care how fugly it is. I'm gonna keep it. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna smoke it now. If it's pretty and smokes really well, it's gonna get smoked way more often. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the that's the magic combination. That, I think that's what that's what I am looking for, and I think that's what many of us are looking for is that balance between uh, beautiful, attractive, striking, whatever, and really really good performance. Yeah, so is uh, I guess now would be a good time to uh, play that little portion where Tom talks about the difference between craftsman and artist. Would that be? Uh, is this a yeah. good spot for that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, his 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 point is that pipe makers should first and foremost be considering themselves as craftsmen, uh, and then you know, in addition to that, as far as the creative aspect of pipe making, that it is not artistry, but rather it's design. And here's uh, Tom Eltang again. I've never considered pipes as art. Okay. Uh, I found out that I was going to be a pipe maker when I was six, and it wasn't because I wanted to be an artist. It was because it was something that I thought that I had a chance to to master. Yeah. Uh, as a craftsman, not as an artist. Okay. Uh, and I think everything that wants to be a little bit finer than it actually is, get put that word onto it and, okay and artists being made by artists yeah and, and we're craftsmen okay we can make fantastic craft and we can make fantastic design but uh, when it's a, a a thing that has a purpose yeah it, it, it can never become art in my eyes okay it, it's nice craft and nice design but it's something who has to fulfill a, a purpose a practical purpose uh, and in this case, it's burning tobacco. <laughs> okay, so the fundamental difference then would be that first and foremost, pipe making is a craft, 
and the I guess more creative side of it, uh, it's it's closer to design, you know, than it yes. is than it is to actual art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and and that's not to say that pipe making isn't creative at all. No, uh, no, no, but no. But it's no. it's it's not possible to and get it's to not that less, part. Less finer because yeah. you you don't call it art. But, yeah. But let the artists have the art, like the the mechanics do the mo- the motors. Yeah. And and the plumber do the the, the piping. Yeah. And, and the painter do the paint. You know, uh, it. I know a lot of nice craftsmen, and 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 they don't consider themselves as artists, but they they can still be damn good at what they're doing. Oh sure, and they can uh, still make something beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 true. And I mean, I, there's a, a rich history of of design, uh, Scandinavian design, and um, you know a lot of a lot of really beautiful functional objects, but uh, there, there's a big difference between that and. Uh, a painting, yes, or a sculpture, or a sculpture. Yeah, there's a lot of pipes these days that looks more like sculptures than they do look like pipe. But then they are more sculptures than they are pipes. Yeah, and then I mean that can be uh, you know maybe not the most artistic cool. at least. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, artistic. Yeah, but not not necessarily art. No, uh, because ultimately, you know, if a customer chooses to buy a pipe because they think it's beautiful, that's one thing. But you have to you have to make sure that if they choose to smoke it. Uh, that it that it serves its purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same with a car. You buy a car because you think it's nice, not because you think it's it's art. All right, Shane. So you're falling more on the uh, on the craftsman side of this uh, discussion now than uh... I really I really am, and I think it's because I'm a smoker. You know, I, I'm not talented enough to make pipes myself. Um, I've appreciated design in all different aspects of life, uh, always. And, uh, and yeah, I smoke a pipe because I enjoy tobacco. If there was a better way to consume tobacco than smoking it in a pipe, I would probably do that, but there isn't. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's where we are. Uh, But I also enjoy the finer things in life. And if I am going to enjoy my pipe, I would like it to be a pipe that is attractive enough to make all of my friends and colleagues jealous. So this brings up a perfect thing because my wife and I have had this discussion and she's not around. So I'll be right for once Um, (laughs) that uh, that, you know, I like I like things that do something. If you're totally if you're going to buy a lamp, you know, a lamp can be a can be a metal stick with a with with electricity going up it and then a bulb and then a lampshade. Um, what you're what you're describing is a, a rustic or industrial aesthetic. Yeah, well, what I, <laughs> yeah, or a purely functional aesthetic. Um, sure, sure. But I like the lamps that do something or have or talk or tell a little bit of a story, and that's kind of the artistic bent on a on an item that has to be crafted. Um, you know, I like furniture that says more than just. I'm a table and I'm a chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's not, that's arguably, that's not art. It's design. And I think that that's the, that's the parallel that Tom is making with, with, with regards to pipe making is that, you know, craft and design go hand in hand um, and craft and art can, inter- can intersect. But as soon as you have a, an item that is designed with a function in mind and not specifically just aesthetic appeal, then it's, it's craft and design, not, not artistry. Now, how do you look at it from the other side of it where uh, this is getting really deep all of a sudden? So hold on, oh, everybody. Sure, sure. Hold on. Um, 
when you look at a piece of art, literally a piece of, uh, you know, some sort of material of art that is meant to be hung on a wall and doesn't do anything but sit there and look pretty. Yes. Um, when I look at pieces of art, they may be by highly qualified artists, but it may be in a style or a medium that I just don't get, you know, whatever it is. Sure, um, sure. You know, there's... Uh, the the uh, the great portrait artists of the sixteen and seventeen hundreds, and if it's not one of my family members, I really don't want it. You know, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, I've always been more of an impressionist myself uh, when it comes to both music and and uh, 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 visual mediums. But I will say that I think there's also an important designation here too. Art does serve a purpose. It's just that the purpose is to elicit an emotional response. It's not to you know, carry your coffee from the table to your mouth or have a place for your butt to rest. You know, that that's the difference. Well, I've got to have coffee cups that make me happy and, and say stuff on them, like the one that I've got right now that says Café du Monde. Oh, that's a nice one. That makes me feel thing. That elicits an emotional response for me, too. Yeah, beignets. And it's rare because it's one of the... My Café du Monde coffee cups are, are, are some of the... Are, you know, the only non-Disney coffee cups that I really use on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, that's a, that's enough of that. It was wonderful of you to share that. You've got some others in the uh, in the in the pipeline coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also was able to sit down with uh, Hans Former Nielsen and uh, Peter Yepesen of Near Up Pipes, um, and we had a lot of fun with those two. So uh, we got we got a couple of history lessons uh, in those interviews, and uh, just checking in and seeing what's new with those guys who have a lot of a lot of Briar has lived and died at their hands. That's for sure. <laughs> and these are just uh, these are just little snippets of what you're getting here on the radio show. If you want to hear more of them, you're going to put those out on the uh, smokingpipes.com blog. Yes, absolutely. If you want to hear the full uh, um, uncut, unedited sort of uh, sort of uh, uh, interviews. So uh, go to smokingpipes.com, sign up for the blog, and there's little notifications if there's a new thing, and then there's uh, videos in there too. Um, I I hope you're not – these aren't going to be backed with videos of you just sitting there smoking your pipe, are they? No, no, no. I uh, No, we'll just do the audio for sure. Okay, good, good, good. All right, good. All right, so um, we've got uh, – probably got a few minutes here. And literally, it's the weekend before Chicago. What are the last minute things that you're doing and what are the things that you're looking forward to this year at the show? And keep in mind, I'm going to I've got this recorded. So when we talk again, I'll ask you what you did. Oh, sure, sure. Well, um, at this point, uh, most of the smoking pipe stuff for the show, all the preparation is in place. Uh, you know, the last couple things we got to do is pick up our libations for the hospitality room. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I always just make a last check with a lot of my customers that go to the show and make sure they don't need any, you know, any of their orders delivered or any of that, any specific pipes to bring. Uh, so the last piece is that I will literally pick our inventory for the show and then we'll bag that up and carry it on the airplanes with us. And then aside from that, I've got three more days 
days to agonize over which pipes I bring for myself to smoke and which tobaccos <laughs> I bring for myself to smoke, which is which is always just a really, you know, it, it, it's 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 the calm before the storm of the show. But really, man, I I just agonize so much about that kind of thing. You, you're in Chicago for maybe five days, but it feels like you're there for three months. So I want to take all of my babies with me, and it's really hard to to make those decisions uh, at the end of the day. But I'm looking forward to, of course, seeing everybody at the show, uh, seeing if there's anything new that we want to add to smokingpipes.com, uh, acquiring some new inventory to share with our customers, and uh, yeah, just in general. Um, living the Chicago pipe life uh, uh, for what is a very long and simultaneously a very short week. Yeah, and I and I got to tell you, now that, I, as you said, you know, figuring out which pipes and everything, I'm kind of looking forward to this because, again, I'm, you know, I've got a, I'm literally there. I think I'm in St. Charles, Illinois for 40, 44 hours. Oh, okay. Uh, 42 hours, something like that. So, you know, I'm... I'm really kind of excited about the fact that I think I'm just going to throw two or three pipes in my backpack and a couple tins of tobacco and I'm flying really light. So, you know, sorry. I, sorry folks. If you were expecting to see me in a suit, (laughs) (laughs) no, you won't be seeing me in a suit. You didn't see me in a suit this week in Chicago. You saw me in my travel light and fast mode and, travel comfortable because i don't have a table to work either (laughs) (laughs) that's nice you know i may actually get more it'll be interesting to see and i'll and i'll report on my trip i promise on the next show uh but i may get more socializing and more pipe stuff done in the 44 hours that i'll be there this year than in the five or six day trips that i would have had in the past when i was working oh sure sure um, well, and, you know, we, I, 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 I'm working when I'm there, too, for five days, but uh, the key, if you want more socializing, is just to not sleep for a week. I mean, come on, that's a simple <laughs> simple enough solution. Uh, speaking of the key, because I'm coming on my own dime, uh, leave me the key to the uh, room with all the booze in it, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that it doesn't go to waste. Oh well, I already told Sykes that you and I would be bunking together, so that's fine. I'll just uh, put your name on the, I'll put your name at the front desk. There we go. All right, Shane, thank you, especially thank you for the for this stuff with Tom and for the and for the future recordings. These are wonderful things, and I and I absolutely love them. And you know that it, it's cool to see other forms of uh, other forms of audio history being put out there. Oh, oh, totally. And that's the thing, too, is I just I realized a while back and, and I appreciate having this platform to share it with people, too, because I realized a while back that all this time that I spend in the workshop with these guys, I really learn a lot. And we have a lot of really interesting discussions. And sometimes it's a shame that at the end of the night, it's just me and Tom going home, you know, having having had these really lovely discussions. Yes, but you, youngster, must now tell the stories of the elders to the rest of the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> And uh, may the force be with you, uh, Shane. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we we promise it won't be seven or eight weeks before you're back on again, right? Absolutely. And, Cross my heart. And you'll be home for a while. Uh well, I wouldn't say a while. I'll be back <laughs> in Italy a couple weeks after Chicago, but we'll get another episode in there too. Uh, the tough life. All right, <laughs> Shane. Thanks again. See you guys. We'll be back in just a minute. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. 
With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. This is Internet Radio. And I am back on the Pipes Magazine radio show all by myself now. Um, I want to really thank Shane for uh, sending me that. And uh, do check out the uh, smokingpipes.com blog for the full 30 minutes of that. And we've got more to look forward to. So uh, lots of fun stuff. Um, and probably, you know, Chicago, the city of Chicago has got a great history in jazz and blues, and they've also got some great radio stations. That's one of the things that I look forward to when I go there is listening to the listening to the local Chicago radio. So put me in the mood for the blues and for music tonight. We're going back to Ivory Joe Hunter, and I believe this one is called In Memories. That all fools 
Ivory Joe has uh, quickly moved up my uh, playlist on Spotify recently, and I'll just, you know, push play and let it go in the background. And, uh, you know, just kind of a just makes me feel like it's a a little bit more upbeat kind of blues. So not quite as sad and miserable as a lot of the blues is. What's this? A letter for me. In the mailbag, so um, just a couple of things that I want to get through for this week because it's only been a few short days since the last show, but uh, Steve Davenport said, let's call this week's music choice interesting. That's going back to uh, last week with the uh, with the Danish composer, uh, and he, he said, for some reason I kept expecting to hear Elmer Fudd singing Kill the Wabbit, so uh, that's why we uh, did uh, did the Bugs Bunny mailbag thing there. Um, of more interest, let me read this email that I got from Roberto Flores. And uh, Roberto, bienvenidos a hermanos de la pipa. Uh, Roberto writes, Hey Brian, I'm a new pipe smoker, five months at it now, and it seems I have found something I really enjoy quite a bit. I have seven tobacco tins open that I rotate in looking for my favorite blend or just in looking for something nice to smoke while reading a book. One of those tobaccos is Blackwood's Flake by McClellan, rest in peace, which I really enjoy. That was my third blend ever. Before that was uh, Frogmorton Cellar, which I loved. Uh, But he says, the first time I smoked Blackwood's Flake, I couldn't taste any tobacco for several days. Nothing, just hot air, so I hadn't pe- I hadn't picked it up for a while, then I grabbed it again the other day. Sure enough, I can't taste any tobacco again, and it's been a few days since then. I don't get it. It's not tongue bite. I smoked it slow, but still, and that is the only tobacco that does that. I will probably put it away for years, but would like to know why or how this happens. So... I'm going to put that question out there to all of you. The only thing that I can correlate to it is there is something in the in the experience of Blackwoods, and I'm not real familiar with Blackwoods, um, but there's something in there that is chemically getting into Roberto's system and is kind of muting all the other flavors for the rest of, you know, for a couple of days until it gets out. Um, could it be McClellan ketchup that's getting in there and doing that? I don't know. Um, I can tell you that even last week after I, uh, after I smoked the, uh, Presbyterian mixture, I had a little bit of, I had a couple of days where I could get a little aftertaste of that Latakia Presbyterian mixture. And it took probably three days to get out of my system didn't mean I couldn't taste my other standard tobaccos or my normal tobaccos, but I would smoke, I'd pick up a pipe, light it, and I'd get that little sensory memory feel of that aftertaste of Presbyterian mixture. 
Um, I'd be interested to hear anybody and everybody's comments or uh, suggestions for Roberto. I really don't have an answer except to say, you know, it's just quite possible that Blackwood's Flake is not going to be your number one go-to. And since McClellan is shut down, that's probably a pretty good thing for you. Uh, anyway, then he says, I've been working through all the episodes and left a review on iTunes. Thank you. And he says, thanks for the very informative, fun show to listen to. Uh, Rob, you're very welcome. And uh, welcome to the, uh, you know, welcome to the community of uh, wonderful pipe smokers here. And I'm sure we'll get some answers for you. Uh, my one word of advice is as you're working through the back episodes, stay caught up with the with the current ones. And uh, only listen to the older back episodes that they, yeah, at a leisurely pace. Don't cram them all at once. It'll hurt you. All right. Um, on PipesMagazine.com, there's a great uh, list of pipe shows that are coming up. And I thought since we're done with Chicago now, it's May. Let's start looking forward. So just a reminder, August 24th and 25th, 9 a.m. Well, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., the NASPC, or the North American Society of Pipe Collectors, 2008 and 18 show. That's August 24th and 25th in Dublin, Ohio, just north of uh, just north of Columbus, Ohio. And then September 21st through the 23rd in uh, Kansas City is the Greater Kansas City Pipe and Tobacco Show. And that's at the wonderful Argosy Casino and Hotel that's got the uh, great showers there. It's a perfect time to bring a spouse with you because, you know, those showers are just incredible. Uh, Saturday, October 6th, the Texas Pipe Show, Fort Worth, Texas at Pop's Safari Room. This will be the second year for that show. Uh, hope that I get a chance to get down there and visit them. Can't promise anything. And then November 10th and 11th, the 10th annual to, uh, the 10th annual West Coast Pipe Show. November 10th and 11th, so it's a weekend later than usual. And that's probably because uh, they lost the space or you know conflict in booking. But rumor is by then the Palace Station will be completely remodeled and we'll have a whole new thing. So uh, it's November 10th and 11th. Really get started that Friday night. And uh, kind of a great way to end the pipe show season. Uh, if you have a pipe event or a pipe show, doesn't matter what country, you can email Kevin at PipesMagazine.com and get him to put it up there. Remember also, if you're looking for a club or want to form a club, there is a wonderful club page uh, or listing of clubs on Pipes Magazine. And you can go on there, uh, go into the forums, click on Pipe Clubs. You'll see the header down there and join a club or start up a club right there. That's the, uh, the best way to uh, find other pipe smokers. All right, rant time coming up. So recently on two separate occasions at two different restaurants, I saw two different groups of uh, people, mainly ladies. All right. I'm just going to point it out. It was both ladies um, berating the restaurant managers on how to run their business, 
berating them on how to run their business and how their business is not going to f succeed because they couldn't do this or whatever it was all right so let me let me say this in my opinion and i am the leading expert on my own opinion and here it goes if you if you go to a restaurant and you don't get the service or the quality that you want yeah you have a right to ask for your money back and you also have the right and the privilege to not go there anymore, but you do not have the right to stand there and berate a manager who is doing their job from what the owner or the company says to do. You don't have the right to berate them for 10 minutes at a time telling them how wrong they are and how poor this is and poor that is, all right? If you don't like the way a restaurant does business or if you didn't like your experience there, move along. All right, you learned, you went, you tried, you learned, you had a bad experience, don't ever go back. That's the best way to ever explain to them how you feel about it, okay? Don't just lay into some little manager person about what's wrong with the world and how they're terrible and this, that, and the other, and how you're going to tell all your friends. It doesn't matter. You're, you're going to tell your friends anyway. Just don't tell them how to run their business, all right? They may not have a choice in how they're running their business anyway, just move along and that's you know don't be an expert on their business let them learn from what you have to say and then move along and your choice is don't go there if I don't like a restaurant I don't go back alright I don't go in the kitchen and tell them how to cook the food I just don't go back alright uh, remember new shows every week 8 p.m. Eastern time I want to thank Shane for all the wonderful material that we had tonight and for joining me and looking forward to the other two segments that he's got for us in a few short weeks thank you all for tuning in and until next time the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy Hmm.